uh, no, we'll start this, and then it should go much better than it uh, has been for 75 episodes or so. so <laughs> we'll see. Um, better than 75 episodes. What What could be better than 70, 76? 75 episodes is awesome. Is it? Yeah, that's fantastic. <laughs> it's it's a nice, it's a good endurance, but I don't know topic. It's like, it just means every week we manage to post an MP3. I don't know quality-wise. I don't know. I think out of 75, there's maybe 12? I was going to say 12. Were you? I literally was thinking 12 to 15. Oh, well, I was, I was thinking 12. <laughs> Hey everyone ever, and welcome to 20th Century Popcast, the show where we try to understand the present while living in the past. My name is Tim Blevins. And I am Bob Canning. Tim. Yes, Bob. I feel like we're being watched. <laughs> it's creepy. That's a, that's, a, that's a creepy start. I would I would hurry that segue up because it becomes creepy. <laughs> I don't feel I don't feel alone. Don't I feel like there's someone else here, Tim. Mm-hmm. Something special, something like a guest, something like a special guest. A special guest. Hi, I'm here. <laughs> Thank you. Boy, that went great. I know. Top so, notch. Top so... notch show starting. I'm so yes. glad we discussed that ahead of time. Quite well taken. But uh, yes, today we do have a special guest. And special guest, why don't you, instead of me using the intro that I wrote, I actually had typed out here, why don't you introduce yourself and we'll work backwards from there. Sure. Um, I am Bonita Gutierrez. I am a actor turned author. And I'm here talking Buffy with you guys. That was great. I'm, I'm sorry we didn't follow that. So I, And I didn't realize you were actor first and then turned author. I, I know you from... Um, actor, director, writer. Is, that, is all that true in terms yeah, of... Yeah, I, I started out in a theater doing... Um, Lots of theater. And then I came here to Hollywood and started uh, working in TV and film. And from there, I mysteriously segued into writing scripts and then from there into writing books. So, yeah. The books you write, if I may, may mention, um, the titles uh, of the series is uh, The Werewolf Whisperer. Is that yes, correct? Yes, it's The Werewolf Whisperer. It's a dark urban fantasy set in Los Angeles. Mysterious werewolf virus hits Los Angeles and turns some Californians into werewolf-like creatures. You you wrote scripts of an episodic web series first for it. Yes. Am I correct in that? Yes. So what, it, what is that? My writing partner uh, Camilla Oakland and I um, we actually went to college together and and we're in theater together and we reconnected out here. And when we did that, we started. We were both writing um, short short films and that sort of thing. And she came up with the idea and showed me a couple of uh, short three-minute episodes that she was working on, and I was all in. And we just started writing a web series because we were both actors, and we were like, oh, well, this could be a cool kind of thing for us to do as actors and writers, and we know plenty of people to do production and all that sort of thing. Uh, So we sat down for a summer and wrote out a whole season, and had a producer attached, um, and then the budget was just going to be way too high to do it the right way. It was just not feasible economically. So Camilla then came up with a brilliant idea of writing novels, and I was like, okay, yeah, never done that before, so let's try it out. <laughs> Going from, I guess, this idea of an episodic, it would be like a TV series into a novel. What, how does that segue work? Like what is in your own mind? How do you wrap your mind around changing the story for that? The story never changed. It was oddly, as we were writing the story, a giant world started coming out of it. A whole bunch of um, big ideas started coming from it. And I think it made it easier to segue into a novel series because we did have a lot of material and what happened is is the actual web series became sort of the outline for the book within like pop culture the pop culture landscape like within movies comics all these things there are things that do cross over and i I think thinking about what we're going to be talking about today and bob what are we talking about today i know it's been mentioned uh, briefly 
we're doing we're doing a a binge and podcast episode today with Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Woohoo! <laughs> Three episodes from season one. Chosen. I don't know if they were chosen at random. Tim, you chose these episodes. Were these chosen at random? Somewhat. I because I, I have to say, Buffy is not something I know to the degree that Bob. I know it's a big show for you and Bonita. I believe it's a big show oh, yeah. for you as well. I think it's so, a bigger show it's, for Bonita than it uh, is for it me. It is my favorite show of all time. Because of the martial arts. Well, that no. Um, I I am a huge. I'm a Joss Whedon devotee. I love him. Benita, were you watching the show starting with season one? Like when season one came out, is that when you first saw it? Oh yeah, oh yeah. I I, I started right from the beginning. Were you um, were you also a fan of the movie before the series came? Actually, out? I'd seen the movie too. I thought it was hilarious, but the sh- the the show itself is that. No, that's where I think Joss Whedon really. I mean, he he's spoken often about how the movie really wasn't what he wanted it to be, and mm-hmm. the show is obviously what he wanted it to do. So, and I and I think uh, I think he was quite successful at it. Um, thought it was uh, it, I, just even watching the episodes that we just watched. I was like, oh, this, yeah, this show holds up. There's a lot of stuff that is still relevant today. And but what course, brought you to it? Because Joss Whedon wasn't, at least wasn't a name I knew in 1997. I don't think so. Uh, vampires and, mm-hmm. and a girl kicking ass really is all I need. <laughs> that was the draw. Okay. So horror um, and, and yeah, a strong, I mean, a strong and the, lead. The thing about the show is that it's not just horror. It, it mixes all, it mixes comedy and horror and drama and it mixes all these genres Romance. together. And, yeah. And it, it's PNR, which is paranormal para, paranormal romance in the uh, book lingo world. Mm. Um, it is it's all that stuff, you know. And and but then it's also about growing up, you know. And I think anybody can relate to that. It's uh, kind of funny because I, well, when I was sitting down to watch these again, my my niece who is twenty one years old now. Uh, wasn't into the show when I first tried to introduce her to it. It took a couple more years, and then she became a fanatic when she was about, I don't know, maybe 14. And um, When did you start? When she was three? Uh, you know, I tried to say maybe 11. I was like, oh, she probably dig this, you know? Yeah. And, and she just was, it wasn't the, the right time for her at that moment. But it was funny because we were watching, I mean, we talk about this and, and Supernatural, which is another one we love. Um, so I said, hey, I have to watch these episodes. You want to watch them? She was with, she's spending the night um, last over the weekend. And um, she's like, yeah. So we, we sat down and watched Angel together. And we both got, we finished it. And we were both like, damn, that is such a good show. <laughs> Just like, and it was funny. So when I, she actually got into it, I had all the old box sets. And I just got the new Blu-ray box set. So I had given her all my box sets of all, the entire show. And she was, you know, of course, head over heels and has worn them out. And she's and she's also, a, she writes and she's in theater and stuff like that. So I'm going to I'm gonna sidetrack us just for a little mm-hmm. bit, Tim. I hope you're okay, okay with this. Oh, no, that's great. But I, I have this problem, just like you did uh, with your niece, Bonita, of when is the right time to introduce one of my pop culture favorite things to the younger generation, specifically my kids. I did it too early with Star Wars and they ended up not wanting anything to do with Star Wars. And so now I'm I've, I'm like Gosh. trying so hard to figure out. It's like, I know Buffy, it's too early for them. They're too young. Um, well, it's interesting. I, I, you know, I don't know because um, I don't have kids, but I, I've been the, you know, the auntie to several kids now. And, um, my the oldest nieces are when I remember when my oldest niece Megan was growing up, she would say, "Oh, I really like this and that." And then Brent and I would say, "Oh, but do you know that it originates from this?" And she's like, "No, oh." And then she would get curious about it, uh, and that's how we would introduce her to movies that she never would have watched because she she didn't realize that this came before this thing came before. So. Um, with, with, uh, Nicole, her younger sister, uh, I, with the Buffy thing, um, I just think I hit it too wrong. I, she was just too young at the time. It was, it just wasn't relevant to her way of thinking. I, I you know, um, as far as Star Wars goes, I don't understand that. <laughs> <'cause>, <laughs> 
I was I was hooked on that when I was six years old. So I don't know. But I wonder if it's the difference here between being. I mean, Bob, you're there parent and Benita, you're their, you know, their aunt. I, I, there might be a difference between what your dad wants to watch and what the someone cool, else wants. The cool aunt. You know, to... that, that could be it because, yeah, you know, because they're looking at you like, oh, you guys do cool stuff or they yeah. think we do cool stuff. <laughs> I don't think I worked like that. It was so important to me at, at that age, at a very young age, that the stuff I got into was my stuff. Even though I know that's a bit diluted because obviously somebody has to drive you to the comic book store. Somebody has to explain to you what music is. All these things have to be introduced to you. But I, if I didn't find a show on my own as I felt, I wouldn't watch it, which I think is part of the reason I didn't watch Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I didn't find a show the way other people found it. I, I, other people were watching it. Bob, I think you were watching it. Yeah, I, I remember <clears throat> I was introduced to it in Los Angeles because I was living in L.A. at the time. And I knew it was coming up. And then um, a mutual friend of ours, Eric, said, hey, come over. We're going to watch this. And I watched the premiere episode with him, got into it, but then had to leave LA and and went home for a little bit. And then when I moved back to Boston, uh, another mutual friend of yours and mine, Tim, Jen, I won't use last names, um, she was already into it and I had kind of lost track of it. So I got back into it with her. She and I would watch it a lot. And I think we were trying to get you to watch it too, but I don't think you did. I I mean, I started catching episodes of either season two or three, but and I think two things were happening with that. One, I did love the original movie. The 19, was it 1992? Mm-hmm. The, the, yeah, I okay. saw that and I loved that. For some reason, that struck me in I a way. I thought it was hilarious. I did too. And it's not this show. It's not this show at all, no. I don't think. And it's not, I don't know if it holds up. I haven't gone back well, to it, but I, it was important to me at the time. Because again, I had never seen something like that. Fright Night existed. I'm sure there are other movies that existed, but it had a weird It's got a very there. campy. It was, it's very campy. Um, and there, it, it, it leans more toward the humor uh, side of what of of Buffy than the danger side of it. Yeah, mm-hmm. I I've only seen it once. It never really connected with me. But all I can remember is that Paul Rubens death scene where he just keeps dying. Yeah, that's yeah. Uh, funny. I mean, that stuff was funny, and I think I had not you know screamed wasn't something that existed yet. I hadn't seen. A well, funny the thing horror that, movie before. Well, and the thing didn't... that's funny about that sh- movie too is that the way Buffy would have would do that there was a vampire around was that she would get cramps, and <laughs> which that, I did not I, understand. I thought sadly, that was hilarious. That <gasps> they 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 just they took that out of the show. <laughs> that, that was removed from the WWB show. Yeah, that's true. Didn't have the cramps. Yeah, but that I thought was hilarious because. Well, you guys wouldn't understand. <laughs> you know, sadly, at the time, I did not. And that's sad. That's a sad statement. That because I was, if that was ninety two, I was going into senior high. I don't think it's, it's understandable, that. Tim. I don't think it's too sad. I think it could be understandable. No, it's understandable. That it's not explained or taught in my little town school. I, that's a, that's problematic. Plus, it's a plot point in this film that clearly I missed out on. So there's a narrative aspect to that as well. But Go back like, and watch it. <laughs> Well, I think I get it now, thanks. I think I understand it now. But being a fan of that movie, this is, I think, and why don't we get into talking about it and we'll segue this to this way. I, Like I was saying, like I had to find stuff myself. I think I was still doing that in my 20s. And with Buffy, when they said, here's the TV show, like this is the first, well, I guess Working Girl is the first thing I can think of where I saw a TV show that was based on the movie. Oh, and MASH, it's been done before, obviously. But Buffy, just I remember seeing it was coming out, and in my head, I'm like, wait, no, that's the movie that I saw. I liked the movie. I enjoyed the movie. This TV show can't be any good. So I think I turned my nose at it with some pseudo-pop culture snobbery because I thought this isn't going to be the film. So it didn't. I didn't go into it. I had never seen any season one episodes till we watched these three that we just watched. And I, yeah, so I kind of tagged along and fell into it by way of, like Bob was saying, with our mutual friends. But Wait, So this, these are the first three episodes wow. that you've ever seen of season one? They are, yeah. I think when season one was on, I briefly saw an episode that I think was about, I saw like two minutes of an episode about a mummy. Does that sound Oh, yeah. Right? Uh-huh. Yeah. 
it was on like a old TV with a dial, so it was all fuzzy. And it, what's it? That's not an old TV at the time. That's how TVs worked. But it was like a fuzzy view of it. And, I, and there were, I think there maybe it was a sarcophagus or something. And I flipped by it, similar to how I encountered the X Files. I saw two minutes of it. And I was like, nah, not for me. And I flipped over and probably watched Two Guys, a Girl, at a Pizza Place. Was that on yet? <laughs> sure. I was probably watching that. Uh, oh, wow. I think that came later, though. You might be right. I might be mixing yeah. my, my memories. Um, but no, so these are the first three episodes of the season I've ever seen all the way through. So why don't we start with um, <clears throat> the first one we were looking at, uh, which was entitled Angel. Which is an excellent episode. Do you think, uh, Benita, being familiar with the episodes that lead up to Angel, do you think Tim might maybe not be getting the full effect of this episode? I think so. If he, I mean, have you not gone and watched them now? I've or? seen episodes, like, I know the Angel character. Like, I I don't know how well I know it, but, like, I know their relationship. I know a bit of that history. I think when I was starting to watch it, he had turned evil. So, again, this oh, was one of those okay. shows. And this happened, to, I watched this with Allison, my, my, my partner. And she this is her favorite show of all time. So I did the thing where I was just asking a lot of questions, and she was very happy to fill me in. So I got points here. Well, real I mean, quick this, question. She didn't start with episode one, season I cho- one? Well, I chose these episodes. I picked the three we're going to watch. Right. No, I know, but right. I'm just... I mean, prior, prior to ever... But yeah, you said that these were the first three you ever watched, but did you ever watch them prior to this recording, or is these, it... No, I never watched these three episodes. Oh. I, I started watching with, like, season two or three. That's... Oh, I see. Okay. That's um, where I'm confused. I would, know, th- I would so... think if I was going to bring someone into the, the series, I would start with, I don't know... The Harvest. first episode. <laughs> well, but you did bring me into the series. We were watching it when it was on. But so, uh, that was 20 years ago. Yeah, no, that's the, thing. <laughs> that's the thing. I haven't gone back to this. That is, And that's something I want to explore because what the show I know it as and the show that I watched well, is gonna, not this season. Let's let's be – okay, I'm going to be – I mean, as somebody who is absolutely loves the show, I, the first season is its weakest season. Um, but that's really? because Well, that's because it's – I mean, in terms of they were still trying to find their voice, they were still trying to find their production value of the voice. Yeah, you know, they were. Yeah, you know, they were still experimenting with makeup and hair and co- and lighting, and, and you can see it in. And there you, was no spike. Yeah, I, well, you know, we get there. Right? Yeah. You're, say, and, and, you're and describing was, a lot of the things I know of the show, and, and I. Have but to I'm s- saying, but the you know, and it and it still has um, the episodic vibe to it in certain terms of it's you know it's it's got to be the monster of the week, but the 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 episode you picked now Angel has already been introduced as a character prior to this point. Um, he's already talked to Buffy and he's already kind of been this mysterious guy that she sort of sees every once in a while and he shows up and, um, but it's this, but she's, and she's starting to kind of like him, in a you know, but she doesn't know what he is or who he is. This is the, this episode starts the real mythology of the show. That's what I felt like. This seemed yeah. like a very intricate no, episode and knowing is. where the show goes, I could piece it together. Yeah. If I pick this up. I don't know what I would make of this if I'd never seen any episode, but but it was already like they had already had a relationship. She already knew he was a vampire. Correct? No, no, no. Oh no. Okay. No, this is the reveal of that. So this she, is a big origin episode. This is this the is big Angelus origin story. Um, mm-hmm. This is where you find out that Angel um, was this renowned terror uh, in Europe. Uh, he he cut a bloody swath through Europe for a hundred years prior to being cursed by gypsies. So, I think I've seen, I feel like I've seen flashbacks of those. Yeah, so I, I, mean, I do know did, his story did, and I've liked yeah. Angel. I, this actually, but what I'm saying in terms of creating a story and, and where the, the show really starts to develop its mythology, it's really with this moment in the, in I can the get show. That. It seemed like a lot was happening. I mean, Giles meets Joyce for the first time. That's the Watcher and then Buffy's right, mom. Right. You get Darla's taunting of Angel. I was surprised to see that Darla died. I thought she was a character yes, that continues through the series. She does. That was kind of a surprise. <laughs> so, but the thing is, is, you have to watch Angel now, the show, too. I mean, I have. The, see, that's the thing. Like, Angel was the character I used to really like. So I watched his show. I watched oh, a lot okay. of well, Angel. You, you, so... Like I followed. Okay, this. we're gonna go. We're gonna go into some major mythology here. So, so you know that. So then, when 
he, the angel show, it's, it's, uh, um, she's brought back. Yeah. I don't quite remember how I just know that she was on. Um, I remember her in flashbacks too, I think on Buffy. Through like a, a, a mystical, uh, you know, ritual type thing. That's how uh, most people seem to come back. Yeah, that was my yeah. understanding you know, of that. Nobody ever really truly dies. You know? Yeah. But here's, does she die in the first episode as well or no? Her character, something happened to her in the pilot. I was reading. I didn't actually see oh, the pilot. Uh, no, not in the no? pilot. Um, okay. She dies in this episode. This is, yes. um, so what were we saying? This is <laughs> well, your I'm, pilot. This is your pilot episode. Yeah. Yes. And it's a very mythology, like you said, heavy episode. And I will be honest, of the three we watched, it was the least interesting to me. Really? I mean, and that's not saying it's not interesting. There's a lot going on that's very... And here's the thing. Like, I I like this show to, and to a point where I feel like this show brought uh, comic books to TV in a way. This show plays to me very much like a Teen Titans, an X-Men, any sort of Team B-listers comic book that I would have been reading in like the early to mid-90s. And I like that. I kind of like that feel of it. I don't think there was anything on TV, and I wasn't watching at the time, but there wasn't anything on TV I can think of that was paced like this show or worked like this show. And that is interesting to me, but because what I can tell with the show, it's about vampires. And what I can say is like, well, Angel's got this tortured backstory. What most fascinated me in this episode was all the high school melodrama. And I don't know if it would have back then, but like everything with Xander's jealousy, for example, everything with him well, yeah. having this crush on his friend that apparently he didn't acknowledge. I mean, that's stuff that There's... I can relate to. And you and can I... see that like Willow in the next episode, Willow has is pining for Xander and Xander's pining for Buffy and, and, and Buffy's pining for Angel. Yeah, <laughs> it is, it is very much like that, but those things have consequences and you see it later in the later uh, seasons you see. Um, and, and the thing that's so great about this show is that they plant little crumbs, which is, I'm going to sidetrack here for a second. Cause I, I was, you probably already know this, but I've already, I was, I'm heavily influenced. My writing is heavily influenced by Joss Whedon's style because I like to leave little crumbs and then come back to those crumbs later on. And I really kind of learned that through this show is like learning how to plant little tiny seeds that later on, and I'm talking five or six seasons down the road, they harken back to and they kind of create stories from it um it's it's pretty amazing and no that is epic storytelling i what's interesting to me is what i'm enjoying what i found myself enjoying was these things at a base level like i don't know the consequences necessarily i know stuff that happens later on between buffy and angel but i was enjoying the show as and i think you said the phrase earlier as you know almost like the monster of the week show i enjoyed these three episodes and the two after this more so because they felt fun and light. Not light, because there's actually an awful lot going on, but because they were about high school. And I oh, would yeah. not have liked this show at the time when I was 22 and that, or something. And I think that was always his point, is he's using, he's using monsters as a metaphor for high school. But, the, everybody but I started really watching after they left high school. And I think that's why I never quite followed the show. I enjoyed it and it was fun, but I wasn't relating to their exploration of the world. Now at 40, whatever I might be, you know, and being nostalgic and pining to be younger, looking at these high school interactions, this is what I enjoyed about the show with the supernatural stuff going on behind it. And also with the knowledge that I have of who these characters are, because I know them enough from other series, but... I don't know. I is of the three we watched. Is this like either of your favorite episode? Like it sounds like you do really like this episode. Oh no, I think the episode's great. Um, of the three that we watched, um, yeah, I think it's my favorite of the three. It's not my favorite episodes of the whole series, but it's no. But it's, looking at this as just the one season, like when this was on. I don't know oh, yeah. if this well, episode would have sucked me in the way the other two did. No, but I mean, well, this goes back to the first thing I said was that you, you yeah. don't have the, the episodes, the six episodes leading up to this. You don't have the story yeah, to you, build you up. you don't have the history. But of I where, don't know if you needed that back then. This is, like you, you said, this is still the first season. They're, I would, like, I would I enjoy disagree these. with you, Tim. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I think you I do also that. disagree, Tim. No, that's, let me, <laughs> I I'm just going to get two more people in my room. Come on, <laughs> No, because they're disagreeing with me. No, that's um, fine. I 
I will say, I and I can't measure this because I'm going into the season knowing what happens later. And right. having watched it with someone that can explain stuff. So the Angel episode, maybe this one wouldn't have made as much sense. But we're all, we all know how aspects of fantasy horror work. I can back, I mean, we get a little bit, we get that weird opening narration that feels like an afternoon, like Saturday afternoon syndicated show that tells you a little bit about what Buffy is before the credits. And you get the mon- the almost monologuing. There's the, the main villain, the master is talking about the three and the anointed and doing that thing that they do in comic books where it's kind of like this mythical wording versus development. But he's doing all of that, which sets the tone. Like this works like, I think because of how interconnected the show became and because of how interconnected pop culture has become with movies, TV shows, I think, and I can only speak for myself, it's easy to forget that I did used to be able to pick up a random issue of Justice League and flip through it and follow it. I think we were smart enough to follow something. I think I could follow this if I didn't have the buildup. It would have a different impact, but that is also how TV and and entertainment used to work. This show, along with stuff like X-Files and some other programs I'm sure we could think of, started building this idea, I think, of a more interconnected, dramatic, like, way of storytelling, which is great. But I think this was still built. And this is kind of what I liked about it. Not schlocky in a bad way, but you can pick this up like soap opera, again, like comic books. I can pick this episode up like an issue. And, you know, maybe it would help to have a couple of those little captions with the asterisks that tell you previously on. But I think you could pick enough knowing how things like this. I know how tortured romance works in a story to a degree. Not that I can write it, but I can understand that push and pull. I know that the master is this villain. Like, I, I think it works on its own. And it's and I don't know if there's a way to look at it knowing for any of us now, knowing the major story. It's like trying to watch Star Wars without thinking of the bigger saga at hand. It's harder to do now. Well, I mean, I, I, I remember when I first watched the show and it wasn't just because I was watching it because it had vampires and a girl can kick ass. I mean, I remember the, the movie and, and I was like, oh, they made a TV show from the movie. Did you think they were connected? Do you think it was supposed to be a continuation of the movie? No, I didn't think it was going to be a continuation, but I, I did feel like, oh, okay, this is different, but, and then, but I really like it. I like what they're doing. I, I thought it was a, a much more deep, deeper and more emotional exploration of being a teenager in a way that we have never seen before expressed on television. I will totally and, agree with that. Yeah. And um, starting with the first episode, I would, I f- was completely enthralled with it, and I. And uh, and my roommate at the time, she, I mean, you didn't disturb us on Buffy night. You know, it was like, we both loved it for the, it's storing telling because it was the storytelling that grabbed me. I, I was out of high school when this started, you know, so I'm, you know, I was beyond that, but I not so beyond that. I didn't remember what it was like, but it was just like, I understood where these people were coming from, but it was because of the storytelling. It was because of how they crafted the show and the language. I mean, the use of language in the show is phenomenal. I mean, he, I mean, there's Jossisms now. People talk, people try to talk like other shows try to be Joss Whedon because of the way the, the, um, the way they, uh, the way they use language and the quippy comebacks and the and and I mean, there's just, multiple and people so working on this. I, I no, think no. it's well put together. I, I, and I'm not but, sure. Uh, but at the beginning, especially in the first few seasons, he was running the show. Um, it was after when Angel started and uh, and they brought he was on Firefly and all this stuff started coming in that he was a little less hands on and other showrunners came on and other writers started. Uh, taking over and, and, but they all kept his flavor. It was his flavor of that, that really is throughout the whole series. And I think that was the stuff I was picking up on in my twenties. That was the thing that was making me want to watch. It wasn't because I'm, you know, an angsty teenage girl who's going through the same thing. It was because I, A, can relate to what these kids are, you know, feeling, but but mostly it was the storytelling and the way the storytelling was being done and, and the funny humor and the quick comebacks and the throwaway lines. And, and, um, and it was just, and it, it was smart. It's just smart. 
Well, I think that's all in this episode. I, I think what I'm looking at is I'm trying to view this because we have the three to watch in a row. Like, what is it to just experience this? And I think it's doable. I think you can watch this episode and have a full concrete experience with the show. I mean, well, sure. That- I mean, I think you can. I mean, if you were picking, if this was good, the first show you're picking to watch of Buffy, well, yeah, you picked a really good show. Uh, you picked a great sure. episode, you know. I wouldn't say iRobot, you, you, Jane, is the perfect episode to start the show. I <laughs> no, but it I was my favorite. That. If we want to talk about that, that was my favorite of these three. I well, think. it's got it's the thing that's really interesting about that episode and watching it because I just watched it a couple of hours ago again. <laughs> the, the the thing that I was like, oh, you know, again, saying that this it's amazing how well the, sh- the show really holds up because it's a very timely episode. I mean, it's still very relevant. We're what is being done in this show. We're experiencing that on a much gr- bigger scale in terms of you know computer usage but also we are also but how great is it that this was happening in the late 90s when the internet was still new that's what i loved about this episode yeah i was laughing because i was like he's like oh i can't get a hold of willow because there's no dial tone you know because there's still a evil modem you know an evil modem I mean, you know, it's it's hilarious. I, no, I'm not saying I love the episode. I'm just like I was. I, what I got out of it this time around was like, wow, how relevant this. Yes, the the technology was really dated, but how relevant the actual ideas of the episode are to this the, day. The warning signs were all there. Okay, oh, yeah. <laughs> it was foreshadowing. <laughs> I guess I was enjoying it because it reminds me of how I didn't know how the internet worked in 1997. <laughs> it was well, still new. There was yes, an evil was. internet. They made it, it, was they made this... it pretty clear in this episode that, that how it worked, Tim, is you get jacked on. <laughs> you get jacked up. Or you're not alive. <laughs> you're jacked right? in. You're jacked in. And there's voices when you type, and it's all through email. And yeah. it's just, I don't know. I, I enjoy that kind of thing when all we had was like Neuromancer and Johnny Mnemonic. And I, didn't, I would read those books, but I would, and what was that? <laughs> I was going in the other direction. The Net with Sandra Bullock. We had Net. The Net. And we had yes. the movie poster for The Hackers. Net. And maybe Hackers. <laughs> I mean, look at those movies. Look at how they chose to. They presented the internet as a far more exciting animated thing than it was. And this episode, I mean, just internet dating, you know, and and, and just like there's an X-Files episode that is very similar to this plot about the evil, about something supernatural using the internet for evil. This whole idea that you scan a book and that's reciting because it's about this creature named Moloch, I believe, who is imprisoned in a book. And then they scan the page, so now he's imprisoned in a computer. And I loved every aspect of that, the way I love Tron, which is kind of like you're, you're putting onto or grafting onto your limited knowledge of how this works, a horror story. And, and it was I, so new back then. I mean, it re- I mean, so they're really kind of explaining how some of this works to their audience. Cause, I but mean, it's not how it works. But it was not that's how it the works. thing. No, and that's what I how it fucking works, loved it, about it. But it, it's, it, it's funny because they're just, you know, they're, they're, I mean, obviously it's not how it works, but, you know, just the email and, and, and the modems and, the, you know, and people, not everybody even had a, a home computer in their house at, at this time. I mean, I remember I had this little tiny, um, was it Apple two in my, in my apartment, in my room that I could barely, you know, that loud, horrible scratching modem sound that would come on when you got on the, inter- yeah, when you got on I, your email, it wasn't even the internet. It was just email. <laughs> I was like, and I, I love that. Like watching this now, this is why I liked it. Watching this in the 21st century at my age. I mean, I love that angle of it. And then, you know, talking about, why it still works all the three main characters because cordelia is not in this episode i don't think yeah, she's um, sort of a side character for a while she is because she's in the opening still- when when did angel get into the opening credits because he wasn't in that when does um, he become a major character gosh, i think gosh it has to be sec after the sec not after the second season but in the second half of the first season maybe well i think he when i mean when when or does that happen in the second season ah, i'm looking He's, um, but it's no, not, actually, it might be second season. Right? That's information okay. I don't have. Don't, yeah. I couldn't even try and um, tell but you. But he's not in this episode, and I guess I. No. This was fun to watch, like this. Yeah, it's and, a lot of fun. And what really, and maybe this is part of what you're saying about the first one. What really roped me in and kept me is 
once again, it's at the end of the show. I think the end of the show is what solidified my interest in watching the next episode because I was enjoying it. But I'm like, I don't know if I can sit through another. The show ends, this episode ends on a horrible down note. They're all sitting in a circle, acknowledging the bad relationships they've had, each with something horrific. And one of them says, face it, none of us are ever going to have a happy relationship. And they all laugh. And then it trails off. And they're just sitting there. And then it just cuts to black. (laughs) And as an adult watching that, I mean, that's the deepest realization, I think, of teenage reality that you could present. And yeah, and having watched the show, I mean, it's really... It, it, it's the truth. It is what happens to them. And, and it's as sad as okay. that is. Well, no, but, but it, that's but, fine. But, but in that know, moment, but like, in that moment yeah, watching them realize that, that's like Heather's, that's like Ducky, yeah, that's like dark, the more... It's a dark yeah. moment. and it's But it's laced with this humor that, you know, it's like it's funny at the same time. And that that's a hard line to walk. And they did it very successfully on many, many occasions. They do, and... What's, yeah, I mean, what, what's so interesting to me is that you're talking about that being the, uh, a dark moment at the end of the episode. There's also a guy that dies, you know, in this yeah, episode. Yeah. No, there's, there's a the guy a who, that hangs himself or, yeah. or it's hung. But that's, the, that's what's. And then there's so many people that die in the next episode, just students in the school dying. I know. But what's, I was going to just to stay on I, I Robot yes, for a moment. The, when, watching this again because i've literally watched multiple i do it's like i'm right now it's make this whole thing has made me want to do another buffy marathon because i'm always picking up on things that i didn't see before and in this episode and i almost fell off my chair a willow opens up her locker and you know in high school most girls would have you know a picture of a famous cute boy they like or or some kid they like or whatever she has a picture of herself and giles i almost fell off my my chair i was like i never noticed that and i was like she's got giles in her locker <laughs> i thought that was the most that's hilarious, hilarious. Thing. anyway i digress but yeah well that's that's a good uh, segue before we get to the – I guess it's not a segue because I'm cutting us off before we get to the last <laughs> was episode. was a good segue. But, I mean, that's part of what we do with these binging podcasts is we'll talk about whether it's something it's worth binging or if it's just we can't sit through it. And uh, I agree with you. Um, I have the Buffy bug having watched <laughs> these episodes. And prior to this, I haven't been back to Buffy in uh, eight, nine years maybe. Um, Mm -hmm. it's been a long time since I've been back to Buffy. So now, yeah, I've got that bug. I cracked open my Blu-ray box set for the first time. That's how long it's been since (laughs) I've done one. I was like, I got to do this again. And I usually mix in then the Angel episodes once, you know, once. Do you watch everything in order or do you pick and choose episodes when you're binging something Oh, no, I watch them in order. Or I watch them in order. That's how I normally watch shows, but I have to say, like, when the X-Files had their seasons come back the last two times, I went back to my collection. I had rebought them on Blu-rays, because that's the show that meant the world to me. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> whereas I used to watch them in order, I started picking and choosing and finding my own connections between episodes. And it's just one of those things where it's like, that's a show I've watched so much and studied so much and shown so many people that it's almost like I want to find other ways to watch it. I want to find... like. These things that we return to from our childhood or from our our 20s or something, I don't know if either of you have this experience, it becomes kind of like, what's another way to look at this? What's another way to watch this? What if I curate a bunch of episodes? And And that is sometimes a rejuvenation to getting into something. And I guess the difference for me with watching these is I'm... I'm going to these early episodes for the first time, and I think I'm loving them. I, I definitely love the I Robot episode, but the stakes aren't there. The, the the connections to the later episodes aren't really there. I don't have that way of watching it. I'm kind of watching these as or trying to watch these as fresh shows. I mean, it's hard to erase what I know is coming up, but just watching them for what they are. And I think that's what's keeping me invested. I think I I don't want to see them leave high school. I don't want to watch those episodes because I'm enjoying this as a high school program, which is why I wasn't watching it in the 90s because I didn't want to watch a high school program right out of college. I didn't think that was for me. Mm. But now I want these bleak, fatalistic (laughs) realizations about society in high school. And that's why I think this fucking robot episode is firing on all cylinders, whereas the puppet show episode had a puppet. 
Yeah, is that one <laughs> dumb? Is this a dumb episode? Um, it's... No, it's not a dumb episode. <laughs> is it the best? Not in a bad way. No, way? no, I, it's hilarious, <laughs> but and it's what the show could have maybe been. That's the thing, like this is what the show could have been. This is your monster of the week show. Because there's no mythology building this, no real con- well, maybe there. I can't think. That's not true. That's not true. Because uh, they reference uh, Mr. Flutie, who is the original uh, principal, and that principal is eaten by hyenas. Hy- a bunch of kids who turn into hyenas who eat him, and that happened in episodes that you haven't watched yet. <laughs> so there and are it introduces that, so principal. that's why I kind of think the puppet episode is dumb because I didn't see the hyenas eat the. Food. And no, it introduces Principal to. Snyder too. And introduces is this principal the first Snyder, time he's in this? Played by the awesome know. Armin Schimmerman, yeah. who is phenomenal. See a Ferengi, Ferengi. Yes, he was a Ferengi. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> the previous episode too introduced Miss Calendar. You know, that is her for yeah, episode, right? Calendar. I know. So yeah, know she's important. Like even these throwaway one-off important. episodes, kind they, of. But everything think, has a connection. Yeah, it has a connection because you know the series at the time weren't these characters that were introduced. Some connect, some don't. Some come back, some don't. Like that. These things aren't written in a vacuum. It's not like they, I maybe I'm wrong, but they don't know how it's going to end. That's the fun thing. You throw a bunch of things out. This is how Chris Claremont wrote the X Men in the eighties. I, I would disagree with you on that. I would say mm-hmm. that. They had a, they knew the beginning, middle, and end, and how they got in between is where all the exploration and fun. They knew goes. how the series was going to end. Yeah, I think they knew. They knew which actors would still be on the show. And which I think they. I, well, I mean, I think he knew. If I put Jane Esperson on the I, mic right I, now, would that blow your mind? Oh my god! I Hold on one second. Bow oh. down, man. <laughs> or, or if I put Jane, what's the woman who played? Now I fucked that up. Never. Uh, from V, what was the mean aliens lady's name from V? No, You're, nothing? No, don't have uh, it. God, sure. we'll be cutting this out. We'll be letting this um, stay in the episode. So you, but, you think the way the show ends, no, they No, I mean, I know that just having listened to Joss Whedon speak many times at Comic-Con and having read articles that he's been interviewed in, um, he he always said that he knew by season. I mean, like every season he never knew if he was going to be renewed or not. So he always knew... For, the season where the season was going and he would always leave it slightly open just in case. So there was always going to be some sort of revelations, something that was, um, but everything was going to be wrapped up in some way with just a tiny little open window. Cause you never know. And then, well, sure. I... um, but what I'm saying is, is I feel like it's not like they they just didn't introduce Jenny Calendar. They knew what Jenny Calendar was going to be. Um, they didn't just introduce, uh, you know, Mr. Snyder or Principal Snyder. I, I think they, you can tell even in the puppet show that there's going to be a building. He's always sus- uh, suspicious of Buffy and there's always going to be some sort of building between of that. And there's always going to be some sort of, you get that feeling just in that episode that there's more to what he's doing than just being, uh, you know, a jerk principal, you well, know, sure. And they also cast these roles. Well, Miss calendar right, right. and uh, the Ferengi from the Star Trek shows. Shimmerman. Thank you. They're <laughs> cast really well. So of course those characters, you want them to stick around. I'm, I would imagine, and I don't know the show enough, that there are probably other characters that were tried out and maybe didn't catch. Maybe there were actors who just didn't connect. And so I'm, I'm not I'm not in any way, I'm not attacking how the show's written. I'm just saying, like, I, it's fun that these characters get introduced and then they develop over time and you see where they go. Oh, yeah. It's a lot to experience, and I love it. This puppet show episode, it's fun. And it's got a nice little twist, and it's... Dumb in the sense that that's it, it's goofy. Dumb, not like it's ridiculous. Like there's a lot of work that goes into this episode, and the episode shouldn't work, and it does. But are there other episodes of the series that are this ludicrous? <laughs> like the puppet is. I mean, the, the, probably the, the, in your mind there are. <laughs> I well, I, I guess that's an unfair question. I just mean like there's the ventri- this episode is playing off of obvious fears. People are scared of ventriloquist dolls. They're spooky. I get that. There's a whole twilight zone episode that terrified me as a child at that (laughs) but it's also constantly giving us the equally horror and ridiculous image of this puppet like it's i think you have to know that it's comical to see this tough talking like baby herman (laughs) ventriloquist doll yeah 
is ridiculous and it works because everyone's accepting the world that that yeah, works there it works because of the yeah people you that, buy into it but that alone could have been the show and it's not the show goes in other directions but I no, would watch I, I, that I, probably that would be like a eureka on sci-fi or something where it's like it's goofy fun with a kid dying of a brain tumor with a kid <laughs> hanging from a noose like that's bizarre and there wasn't anything on TV for me like that. And I'm sorry I missed this when it first aired because this may have gotten my attention. But <laughs> it's, I don't know, it's, this, is this episode an anomaly? Does it feel no. like a Buffy episode? Well, I'm, like I said earlier, season one, I think they were figuring out the show. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they knew tonally what they wanted it to be. I'm not sure what the network because I wasn't privy to those information. No, but what, but what do you like, think you was know, working that brought it back for a second season? Like, what what is the well, DNA it was popular. of this series? I think, you know, I feel like it, it, it did do well. Um, mm-hmm. So that brought it back for a second season. Um, I And it was, like, Entertainment Weekly loved, it was a darling in, in the media. Um, I, I Well, when you say it was figuring itself out, like, what didn't transition to the next season? What were they working on? What they were working on was what the show's going to look like. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's a big thing. If and if you, it's a big thing to me because I mean, being somebody who's shot movies and 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 has also been in theater, and I I notice stuff like makeup, and I notice stuff like lighting, and I notice those things, and it was a very dark looking show. It's a, it, it, even like the women's makeups that were very bronzy and browns and, and so, and the next season, it's not like that. They, they've lightened it up a little bit. They give a little a bit more, um, contrast in, in color. Um, they're, they're doing, and I think that it adds to the, the mood of the show. I think it adds to everything that they're trying to do. I think they were trying, the budget was lower then than it was in the second season. So I think that also factored in um, to the look of it. Um, I think that to me, it strikes me and it struck me back then too, the different, how they evolved the, the look of the show. Um, and it's, it is different in the second season. I mean, even I would even venture to say maybe towards the end of the first season, but it, it does does change, uh, and then they find that they find that groove definitely in the second season. They find their groove really in the second season, and it goes on to third season, which is phenomenal as well. Um, is there anything in watching these three episodes? Because both of you said you're kind of coming back. I mean, Benita, it sounds like you watch it with some regularity, but you did have to break <laughs> open your Blu-ray case. And Bobby said it's been a few years. Is there anything in these episodes that maybe doesn't hold up or something that strikes you as odd or, or you're just like, well, that doesn't work for me now or that's not how I remember? Are there any faults within the episodes that you see now or feel that you didn't feel before? Just in these three episodes, I got to say that Xander rubbed me the wrong way. I really liked Xander. I remember liking Xander as a character. How do you remember him as a character? Yeah, I probably related to him and his uh, uh, relationship woes more at that time. But in these episodes, just his his attitude and the way he talked down about Angel and down about other characters uh, as a way to... You know, promote himself uh, for Buffy. Isn't that the part you're relating to? That's the part. Sadly, at that age, I would have related and, to. And, that's and, why I liked it. And I'm saying, this. perhaps at that time, I did. I think I did. Um, but watching it now, that doesn't hold up for me. I don't. It, it really, really, yeah. That's, that's a realistic portrayal. It <laughs> like that's a real thing. That's see. I didn't I, I'll see agree it. with you. I didn't find him to be the funny character that I thought he was, but I found his portrayal of that being like, "Yep, that's that sad trait." Thing, yeah, and they're showing it right. Kind of like that moment to go back to Ducky again in Pretty in Pink, when he's laying on the bed and he's talking out loud about how obsessed he is. Like Pretty in Pink celebrates obsession, except for that moment where you're like, "Oh, that's not healthy." What he's saying, he's 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 rocking back and forth. He's saying it like a mantra. I feel like Xander's doing this in the show, and I can see that as a 42 year old. I don't know if I could have seen that as a 20 year old. No, yeah, I don't think I saw it then. And and what I'm seeing now isn't necessarily so much um, that his portrayal isn't realistic. I guess I'm put off by the fact that Buffy and and Willow's reaction and and a relationship with him, I don't see it as realistic anymore. And, and again, maybe I just don't 
Uh, Why not though? Be- because because weren't these I, the friendships? Didn't you have these friendships and these dynamics? I don't. I can't see. And again, it's just these episodes. So sure. maybe it's been built up and and but I, let's work I could with have these. This is, with just this, these this episodes, is all I have of the show. All so I could we'll think is these. how on earth are these people friends with him? Uh, in oh, these episodes. I, like, he really? is not... It made sense. You know, I can tell you why from a female perspective. Please do. And I went to an all-girls school, so, you know, I didn't have the boy around. But um, I can tell you that Xander, he's kind of safe. He's an easy person. Girls aren't, you know, they, at that age, are very vulnerable in who they're letting into their little world. And... Um, I would think that he he's a person that because because of who Willow is Willow accepts him so therefore Buffy can accept him because he's he isn't um threatening in any way. And but I, he is manipulative. I, I mean that is no, the realistic I mean, yeah, side. No, he's also he, not he healthy does for that. And he does some really bad shit and he 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 makes a decision in the end of season two that will forever haunt him for the rest of his existence on the show. And it's, um, so yeah, he does some really shitty things. But um, do you think he's intended this? I guess what I'm wondering, like his intent, though, I think was always because he, well, a, yeah, I think there's a jealousy thing underlining, but I also think that he truly does care for Buffy and Willow. Well, sure. It, I think as family, as a do. family. No, but, but I think, I think he, I think he has that unhealthy crush thing. This again is why, and I don't know if we're meant to think that or not. I think we are, but that's me looking at it and wanting to see it at forty-two. And I'm wondering, do you think he was supposed to be a heroic character? Or do you think it was supposed to be a little off-putting? I think he was just supposed to be shown as real. Mm-hmm. I, I I don't think he's supposed to be heroic or off-putting either way. Well, it's I think, a superhero I think it's a human, show. He has to be but a no, but I think a hu- I, I think a human. Well, he gets a heroic, but at this point of what we're talking about and where we are in the character development, I think he's just a kid who mm-hmm. um, doesn't know his own place in the world yet. And now his bet one of his best friends, who he has happens to have a crush on is a freaking superhero and he's a guy and she can beat the shit out of him. You know, there's, there's some, and I think they show that. I think he feels a little third wheelie. I mean, you know, you got, you got Willow, who's the brain, you got Buffy, who's the brawn. Uh, what is that? And they even, they even mentioned this in the show. They goes, and I go get donuts. And he says that, you know, it's like, he's the snack guy. And he does have a complex, and, but I think that's I think that's a natural human thing. Isn't he the Zeppo? He's the Zeppo. <laughs> yeah, I think that was it. And he actually has his he, he actually has his hero moment in that. But I think I've seen that episode. But to talk about just these three because I recently but, saw uh, these. But, but no, I but guess that, what I'm wondering because I like the idea of him being that complex. Like there is something there. And I think he and is. Again, this is why I wouldn't is. be able to watch it at that age. That would have hit too close to home mm-hmm. to me at that age, sadly, because that was a disgusting trait of mine. I had people that I was attracted to who were also friends who I wouldn't let on to it. So you do the whole manipulative, bad-mouthing who they're into thing and, and hitting down thing. And that's what people do. But I think it used to be a heroic stance. I think you see a lot of movies where that character is the heroic character. That's the simplistic romantic comedy dichotomy thing. And I'm just wondering, this show is a step above that now. Like, I can see that now, but do you, Bob, like, when you like that character, that's not how you were seeing him, right? You were very much relating to him. I was relating to him at the time, and I probably, going back, can can see all all that that, that his layers and everything, it's all there. In these episodes, and especially the, the first episode, he just really didn't, he wasn't the, the Xander that I remembered. Does that make it hard to rewatch these? No, because I kind of know I'm just looking at a, a piece of a larger puzzle. But can't you do that? These are these are contained stories in a bigger fabric. These are being told as episodes. You should be able to watch them and enjoy them. And I can, and I did. But you asked me what didn't hold up for me, and, and in yeah. this episode, Xander didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, in this episode, I don't think he was written as well as he's been written and, and will be written in other episodes. But I also think the episode shows the angel episode shows uh, that edge to him, and I and, and I I would argue that 
even though this is Tim's first episode, um, this is really a very, I would say, not the standalone episode to watch. I would say this is the, the, the very heavy myth, mythology heavy episode. The angel episode you're yeah, the angel yeah. episode. Um, and that's where you have that glimpse, that edge of Xander that he, where you, you yeah. do know later on in his, in his, in his decision-making that that little edge makes him pushes him to do something that will hurt Buffy later on. And, you know, even though he doesn't want to hurt her, he hurts her. And it's one of those things that, you know, I think the angel, whereas the puppet show episode, yes, is a, you could, I think he's more um, amiable and more, more the Xander that you remember uh, Bob than the, than the angel episode. But I think the angel episode is the one that's kind of very, where they really are starting to build that mythology. And the puppet show is just the real standalone kind of show, kind of episode. And I think having not seen the six episodes that lead up to episode seven, um, I'm seeing the the breaking point maybe of the Chandler character when it comes to Buffy and Angel. Whereas, you know. Chandler? Uh, mean Chandler. Yes. Oh, that's what okay. I think of him. Uh, <laughs> Xander. <laughs> he is. He's... Yeah. Xander Bing? Wow. Um, I've never heard that before. <laughs> He's he's my mean child. I think that's very telling to who you do relate to. Um, yes. Yeah, clearly. No, but he I mean, he thinks they protest too much. But. What I'm what I've missed out on is that that build up, you know, because yeah. I'm sure in the early episodes yeah. he is more amiable, and then he's you know clearly getting pushed to the side when it comes to a relationship, and then Angel shows up, and so yeah, this is his breaking point, and this is where he's at his his is most manipulative perhaps. And so having just started with this ever after having not seen the episode in so long, it's like, Ooh, that just, he's rubbing me the wrong way. Um, mm. and I didn't get that build up to, um, having that, having there be a reason for that. But it is how people used to, and I think this has changed. That is how people used to watch TV. You would encounter a show randomly you may not watch it from the beginning and you may not have access like we can watch stuff on demand now when Buffy was airing if you missed the night it premiered you would have to pick up with the second or third episode and I think there's still a show there and that and sometimes I miss I guess part of it is sometimes I miss inherently in me the ability to just turn a show on and watch an episode I want to I'm curious what this The Americans is all about I want to watch one episode of The Americans nope that made no sense I really want to start from the beginning and it's like I know things have changed and I think it's in the end it's for the better I think there's much more narrative you can say but the fact that I feel like we're having a hard time even just talking about these three episodes as three episodes because it's so because there's more mythology to it. Also, I think it's very, very important to both of you. And I, I do understand its importance in the pop culture world. I don't want to just latch on because I missed out on it when it was happening. But I just, I I felt like two of these episodes were, I was getting a gist, I think, of what these characters were and what the show is. And again, I'm bringing to it what I already know it is. But it was fun to have. And again, it's early on in the series and that's why. But it was fun to have these kind of freaky scary funny standalone episodes that i could watch these i don't know if i could go and watch seasons two and three binging them even though that's how they're built i think that would be exhausting to me i think i could watch them spaced well, out mean, over time the seasons have their they're not all it's not just one you know Buffy and Angel angsty moment after another. No, and they but do from have, what I remember, they, they are have... all connected. Like I've, I, seasons two and three, I think I watched with you, Bob. When did Angel premiere? Because I watched that when they first after went to college three. and they met. Is yeah. it Sunday? Is that the vampire? I'm trying to remember. She dies, and oh, I don't. Yeah. Know, I, I remember yeah. those episodes. And it was fair. I, and again, it's they're more developed characters. It's it's a weird statement to be making because like they're developed characters. That's what you want from narratives. I just I enjoyed, and this kind of felt like the original movie to me. I enjoyed these, the two, the second two episodes, which were these self-contained. I know there's more to it, but self-contained mixes of genre. Like it was just a corkscrew of this is funny, this is horrific. This is existential. Like it's all. I mean, this this puppet show episode kind of ends with a character saying, "I don't get it." <laughs> like that's how it ends, isn't it? Like this, all this carnage happens on stage, and then the curtains open 
talent shows, by the way, were talent shows big at either of your schools? That's I know that's a big sitcom trope. I mean, we did plays, so <laughs> we didn't do talent shows. We you did? did okay, so this isn't something that's familiar. <laughs> it's odd to me that this is, is a go-to thing, but I still get it. But it's just this episode itself acknowledges, like, what did I just watch? And I, I do like that, and I think I'm attracted to that. That first episode the angel episode i i mean i followed it and i i got it but again yeah i guess it it needed too much not too much but it needed more than what we were given to make sense and that makes sense when you're binging a show but it makes it very hard to just casually get into a show and i think that might be excluding people who want to casually get into a show i mean some people watch sitcoms well, at this point casually. i mean you're you're i mean i i don't know I mean, I had expressed interest in talking about this show, so you picked this show. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't. I've seen as the show is twenty one years old. I don't know that this is one that you just uh, casually get into. It's one that you probably discover, or somebody says, "Oh, you haven't watched that. You really should. You like this kind of thing. This would be right up your alley." I don't see somebody just going. Do 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 do. I'm casually gonna flip into the fourth or fifth or sixth or seventh episode of. I don't know if they would hum. That's a good point. (laughs) But I do think. But I think there. I imagine there must be something. Or what happened to someone being like? You talk a lot about the show. I'd like to see an episode or two. Like, it's practically saying you can't just see an episode or two or something anymore. No, I mean you could. And if somebody came to me and said, "Oh, you talk about the show a lot." Uh, what episodes would you recommend? I would probably recommend several episodes like Hush and The Body and, you know, uh, um, stuff like Surprise and Innocence. You recommend those, but uh, honestly... the the, At least the first two that you mentioned, they're so much better knowing everything else. But but again, it's like... It but if should you be s- able to be both. Uh, like you can enjoy some yeah. Marvel movies, but not all of them because they're maybe they're getting almost too interconnected. And I happen to love that because I like that topic. I like that, and I, and I like that they do it. I don't think every movie franchise needs no. to do it, but I just it's I and I don't know when exactly it happened. Maybe Buffy was was one of the the pivot points. I do feel like a method of storytelling that I prior to this would have always attributed to comic books because I approached comic books as a kid as continuity. I know I said I could pick up random issues, but mostly once I got into something, it was month to month and everything's connected. And that worked for comic books because you can read a comic book at your own pace. Prior to having these things on DVD, prior to them being on demand, when it's a show on TV and the pace is a weekly pace, I miss that feeling of being like I'm flipping around, something caught my eye. Like I've never landed on an episode of Supernatural and watched it, but I feel like I could, right? That is that a show that's oh, sure. tied it's, up in continuity? I mean, well, it's I mean, it's 13 seasons in now, so yeah, you're pretty much deep into mythology, but the but the first season alone, you could you could you, you can sit down. It was Monster of the Week. Um a lot of the, a lot of the people from the Buffy and Angel world moved there. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're going to get, um, in fact, I didn't start watching that show until season two. And that was because Bob and my mutual friend, Eric said, well, you love Buffy. It's the closest thing to Buffy on TV right now. And I was like, okay. So I went back and I watched it and I was like, Oh, why haven't I been watching this? Mm-hmm. Um, so that, but that was again, a friend of mine telling me you like this kind of thing. You will like the show. Um, but I, I didn't, watch it when it first came out and now i'm a huge fan i've been watching it now forever so but um but serialized storytelling you you prefer that maybe you like it you were saying it with the marvel movies that is something you like yeah i i like it i like it i I like standalone stuff too i i'm just i i like my csi like anybody else um you know it's like um i you know i like which csi because there's one in miami original there's one in philadelphia there's one in lebanon connecticut there's a lot of them there's only one csi oh is there see i don't even know (laughs) but But i mean i like those kinds of shows too there are ones that i find really fun or or really well done Mm -hmm. um but yeah i would say you know uh, and i I think maybe because i am a sci-fi fantasy fan maybe that's it that just lends to that sort of mythology heavy kind of storytelling 
I liked the show, by the way. I don't know if that came through. Oh, I'm glad. (laughs) No, I am too, because I really felt like if I didn't, this would not have gone at all well. There's a lot more arguing going on. Well, and arguing is fine, but this is very (laughs) sacred to you in a way, I guess. Not sacred, because no, you allow anyone to say what they want, but this, this... it's, would you say this is one of the biggest pieces of... It was one of the most... Influ- I think it's yeah. one of the mo- more influential, if not... Well, Star Wars is probably the most influential mm-hmm. thing <laughs> in my geek world and my geek life. But um, but no, Buffy, I, it, it just turned me on to a whole new way of looking at story. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what really made it special to me um, was... It just, I just connected to it on that level and... Um, yeah, and so I think that's why it's still so special to me. Any closing thoughts, Bob? I like Mean Chandler. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's it then. <laughs> we'll do our Mean Chandler episode next week, and then and then we'll be good. Well, Benita, thank you. Thank you, well, thank for, you. For, for being yes, on. Yes, thank you so and, much, and Benita. For discussing. No, yeah. it was fun. Um, and we'll link to it in the show notes and, and mention it. But um, if people want to check out um, your work, let's say like the, the, the Werewolf Whisperer books and some other stuff you're doing, where can they check you out or where can they find um, you online? They can find the Werewolf Whisperer at uh, werewolfwhisperer.com. We are on Amazon.com. We are on um, at www.whisperer on Twitter and um werewolf whisperer the werewolf whisperer on facebook so you can find us in all those places awesome thank you for that um and so, yeah listeners please check that out uh, again it'll be in the show notes and you can find those show notes at uh, 20popcast.com that's the main website for this show the show you just listened to uh, you can visit there you can uh, find old episodes find new episodes subscribe to episodes um and in the coming weeks we'll be putting up some new twitter and instagram specifically for uh for the show so keep your eyes open uh for that bob i'm a little rusty at self-promotion do you have anything you want to self-promote uh sure uh, real quick you could follow me at rh canning on twitter and uh i'll just throw out my web comic uh this week um exaggeratedlife.wordpress.com check that out that's all right gonna be starting up again so this Maybe. is the finale that plays better with music so there will be music Oh, it's, as it's we're rocking out too. Loud, yeah, it's pretty good stuff. But talking out loud, it probably sounds like it fizzled out. It didn't. Okay. It just has that <laughs> sensation. You were both great. You were both very non-fizzly. It was like a, not like a cola. Both of you were very much like a like a carbonated something less carbonated, oh, I guess, right? But in a good way. In a good way. Like I a look, kale I look, shake or something. Something. Mm. I was gonna I say know. I look forward to the next topic that we can uh, uh, agree on and have Bonita back. That'd be great. Oh, I'd love sure. to. Oh, martial arts. Nice of you to say. Martial ah. arts. Yeah, hey, I love kung fu movies. If you guys like kung fu movies, I I, I know no. more Chandler movies than kung fu <laughs> movies, but yes, we'll check them both out. We'll check out the Matthew Perry kung fu ones first, and we'll we'll move from there. I think cool. we'll move from there. Um, that, that is one thing I tend to forget, but if, if you need to take a sip of something or cough, if you can turn away from the microphone. I'm sorry. That sounded really luxury or something. No, it's cool. I, let me tell you guys how a microphone works. You probably play video games and know how a microphone works. I don't know why I felt the need to do that. No worries. It's all good. That's lovely. <laughs> that was away from the mic. So. I was so refreshed by that. Oh, that's good. It's, it's cold coffee that's not made to be that it was oh. initially warm coffee now it's cold coffee and sprite i'm not a fan of coffee so not refreshed not, right now i'm not back. okay <laughs> it was unfreshing defreshing is what that was but here we go